Time to get inspired, develop and improve your yoga knowledge in English. You listen to Your Yoga in English, a podcast for non-native English-speaking yogis that want to practice or teach yoga worldwide. My name is Annie, the founder of Enga Unite, and here to guide you on your way to become the confident, effective and knowledgeable English-speaking yogi you want to be. I'm here to follow up on the final step of the course. And during the last day, the third day of the mini course, I explained the six step process to teach with total confidence in English, even if English is a foreign language for you. Yes. So the sixth step is all about adding authenticity and create a well-rounded experience. Now, authenticity is something that you add through the development of your voice. It's something that you add through finding your personal expression. Now, creating a well-rounded experience refers to teaching beyond the asanas. And teaching beyond the asanas is all about refinement and leveling up. So in this step, you work on offering more than just asana instructions, right? Lift your arms up to the ceiling, step your right foot forward. Those are really great things that will help you to instruct your students, but you want to teach them more than that and learn how to add, for example, pranayama or mindfulness and meditation practices. It's all about creating an experience in which your students can explore their whole self, not just the body. So rather than instructing a type of workout focused on only the physical, only the body, it's also about the energy that you bring to your yoga classes, the kind of atmosphere that you want to provide your students with, how you hold space for them, the way that they can approach you, ask questions or ask for clarifications. So whatever a well-rounded experience means to you, For now, remember that this type of experience requires more than just asana instructions. So therefore, to become a confident English-speaking yoga teacher and create a well-rounded experience, I want to introduce you to something that I really, really love doing, something that I think would be really beneficial for your students It's more than just asana, and it's learn how to write mindfulness and meditation scripts, yeah? And not just how to write them, but also offer and teach them in your classes. So mindfulness and meditation practices, right? So let's dive in, because writing scripts for mindfulness and meditation practices especially as a non-native English speaker, but teaching yoga in English requires you to have knowledge of metaphorical language or language for imagination. Now, learning this type of language is the next level in your language learning, is the next level in all the things that you already need to know to teach yoga in English. And it takes some time, right? Because just as it requires skill, knowledge, practice, and a lot of practice of general yogic vocabulary, 
Metaphors and imaginary language are things that you can learn, but you need to practice, 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 practice in context, in different types of situations and on different days. I'm going to speak about that in a moment. So with this training, I will not explain only how you can learn this type of language because you, well, I will not explain how you can learn this type of language because first we have to go through this six-step process. Find your voice, learn the general yoga vocabulary, practice using your voice, embody your voice, become more accessible and inclusive. And then after, as you can imagine, you can start learning also metaphorical and language for imagination. So as you imagine as well, it takes time, right? It takes time to learn these types of things. And it's a very personal process. And it requires you also to put in some personal attention to your students, all the type of experience that you want to create for them. So I'm not going to explain how you can learn this type of language, but first, how you can add mindfulness and meditation to your yoga classes. So that first you can orient yourself and have a think about what you want to offer, how you want to offer it, how you want to show up in class, and what type of experience you really want to create for your students. So getting on with today's session, I want to explain a little bit first about what mindfulness really is. Now, mindfulness is often described as an exercise, a practice. It's the practice of living in the present by staying aware of what's happening right here and now. And it aims at drawing your attention to the current moment and receiving it or perceiving it without judgment, without opinions, or overanalyzing it, just receiving it as it is. So with time and also with regular practice, the aim of mindfulness is to make it part of your lifestyle, or not, or if not part of it, make it your lifestyle, so that you can stay focused and present and observant at all times. So mindfulness is your approach to all of life, not only something that you do for 20 minutes on your yoga mat, but that you do constantly with all the things that happen to you or happen around you. So if we look at the definition of mindfulness and meditation, there are different ways to describe it. Now, according to the yoga philosophy, there's a difference from, for example, the Buddhist philosophy or to the Cambridge Dictionary, which has a really, really great overview of what these terms mean. So according to the Cambridge Dictionary, mindfulness means the practice of being aware of your body, of your mind and your feelings in the present and your thoughts to create a feeling of calm. Yeah, mindfulness, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, is the practice of being aware of the body, mind, feelings and your thoughts in the present to create a feeling of calm. Now, the definition of meditation, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, is the act of giving attention to only one thing. And it can be a religious activity 
or a way to become calm and relaxed. It also describes serious thought or study or the product of this activity, right? I'm going to repeat that. So the act of giving attention to only one thing at a time as a religious activity or a way of becoming more relaxed. And it also describes serious thought or study of the product of this activity. And the product of the activity is your state of being, right? How you feel or what happens inside you when you do this. So as you see, mindfulness and meditation are a little bit different. And the way that you teach them or the way that you offer them in your yoga classes, therefore also varies. It's a different type of practice. And especially the teachers here that teach according to the yogic philosophy, yogic principles or morals, and especially the eight limbs of yoga, you know that there's a difference between dhyana and samadhi. There's a difference between the six, seven, and eight limbs of yoga. Yeah. So it's important that when you teach mindfulness and meditation, you are aware of these differences. And simply being aware also means that you practice these types of differences. So the first thing that you need to know about offering mindfulness and meditation, and it's the same for teaching yoga, I 100% recommend that you have a consistent practice yourself. And there's a big reason why. The big reason why is that you teach what you know. You teach what you have experienced for yourself. And it's really good to have substantial experience and practice of guided, but also your own silent meditation and mindfulness practices, especially before you start writing and teaching them, right? We need to know what it feels like. Just as anything that you teach, anything that you like to incorporate in your classes, you want to know what it's like to be a student in your class. It's important that you practice the same practices so that you know what the class content feels like for your students. And this way, you will also understand challenges, fears, obstacles, anything that comes up in the practice of your students because you've been through it yourself. And you will also notice when you have a consistent practice that your energy is different every day and that the energy massively influences your mindfulness and meditation practice. Your students are no different. Their energy changes every day too. So having knowledge and lots of experience with different types of practices in different types of seasons, even different types of days and times in the days will not only make you feel more confident, but it also gives you the knowledge and the experience to deal with the challenges that your students may experience and the questions they may ask. If you have experienced it for yourself, you will feel prepared to actually help them with anything that comes up for them. So there are many ways in which you can add mindfulness and meditation to your classes or to your services. So in a typical yoga class, you will often find mindfulness and meditation at the beginning 
or at the end of a class. Sometimes both at the beginning or the end. So think of a moment of centering before you start the class or a moment of reflection after the class or in Savasana where you let your students become one, let go of everything that has come up in the class and let their body absorb the nutrients of the practice. So often this is the beginning or the end, maybe both. However, however, mindfulness is also something that you can add during your yoga class. And this is where it gets fun. Now, in the Teach With Confidence mini course, I explained something about different types of cues. For those that watched it, this was on day two. And for those that haven't seen it yet, you can still watch it on the online learning platform. There's still access to it. So on day two, we spoke about queuing formulas. And I explained that there are different types. I think on the mini course, I gave you a variety of five different types. On the English for Yoga Teachers course, I will give you lots more, lots more. But one of the cues that I spoke about, one of the types of cues is what we focus on in the queuing module, is what we focus on in the mindfulness bonus module. And it's called mindfulness cues. Yeah, one of the things I spoke about are mindfulness cues. Mindfulness cues are the types of cues we use to pay attention to, for example, the breath. Pay attention to your feelings, emotions, sensations. And they focus on moving from a place of connection. A place of connection means that you're very conscious about the way you move and what this does in your body. So moving with intention, a purpose, and moving alertly. They also bring awareness to our thoughts and opinions and scenarios that we make up in our own minds. Yeah? Mindfulness are often the cues that ask questions to people. They ask questions like, are you fully aware of what you're feeling? Or maybe they tell you, notice a shift in your stability as you slightly bend your knees or focus on the sensations and your outer thigh when you're in eagle pose or pigeon pose. Or where do your thoughts go when the asanas get more challenging? Because when it gets challenging, people want to give up, right? Where do your thoughts go? So these are examples of mindfulness cues that you can add in your classes and thereby also teach mindfulness in the class or during your class, not just at the beginning and at the end. So mindfulness cues are used for many different purposes and they can also be used for deep reflection so that you can ask questions that your students sit with, explore off the yoga mat outside of class too. You can give them journal questions so that they can go inwards and it reflects on what you've been teaching them in class. So in other words, if you offer mindfulness and meditation at the beginning or the end, or maybe both, see this as an invitation to also include mindfulness during the classes. Because that way you keep that mindfulness element, that awareness, being conscious, be observant without judgment at all times, yeah? So this is one way. 
Another way how you can add mindfulness and meditation to your classes is not just the yoga class itself, but is offering services that are specifically focused on the mindfulness or meditation elements. So it gives you the opportunity to help your students dive deeper into their mindfulness practice or their mindfulness experience. So next to incorporating mindfulness and meditation in your asana classes, you could, for example, design a service or an offering focused on mindfulness and meditation only. And you can think of classes, a mindfulness or meditation class as itself, a workshop, recordings of guided practices on audio or video. You could upload it to a podcast on, for example, Spotify, like our podcast. Yeah. Or you can teach them one-to-one in private sessions online, but also in person. So if you're really far into your mindfulness or meditation journey yourself already, you could even create your own training or your course or a retreat or a program focused on mindfulness. There are many, 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 many different ways. And this really speaks to developing your authentic self and finding out what you want to do with this, but many ways in which you can incorporate them in your own practices or your services. And the way that you do that is completely, it's entirely up to you. But before, before you start doing this, before you start offering that, I want to give you five things that you need to think of before you just randomly start adding them to your classes. So if you want to, grab pen and paper and write with me. Five things that you need to know or that you need to do before you start adding mindfulness and meditation to your practices. Number one, number one, you can guess because I spoke about this, Number one, have a consistent practice yourself and have consistent experience practicing different types of mindfulness and meditation practices on different days, on different times of the days, and also during different seasons. The reason why we want all these different elements is that you are aware and that you're conscious of the type of experiences that your students will also have when they practice with you. So consistent and frequent, well, consistent and frequent is similar, but consistent and enough practice and experience doing this yourself. Number two, experiment with writing different types of scripts using different types of themes and purposes. Because you can do a walking meditation, but you can do a body scan meditation. You can do a mindfulness practice brushing your teeth or washing yourself in the shower. There's many different types of practices. And I would say to find the things that you really want to do, you also want to find out what the things are that you like to create for students. So experiment with writing different scripts with different themes and different types of purposes. Then number three is find out the types of practices that you love to teach. So except from writing the scripts, you also have to like teaching it, right? For example, I love writing scripts. I love writing all these different things, types of content, but it doesn't mean that I like to teach all of these individual things too. 
have a look at this for yourself and find out what types of practices you really enjoy teaching. And for that, you will need to do some teaching practice or get some teaching practice and find out, get some experience. Then number four, create practices. Create practices and add authenticity to your classes. When you add authenticity to your classes, think of the language that you use. Metaphorical language, imaginative language, maybe adding music or sounds, adding sense if you're practicing in person. Maybe there are elements that you want to bring into your yoga classes. What makes this practice authentic for you? Yeah, number four, create practices and add authenticity. And then number five, add the practices to your asana classes or create your own mindfulness and meditation services. And the services, like I said, it can be a workshop, a class in itself, a training, a program, a retreat, a course. It can be a podcast episode. So maybe you've got your own podcast offering mindfulness and meditation, the options here are limitless. So I invite you to think about how you would like to add them to your offerings. Also think about how your students would most benefit from these types of services. And before you decide on this, it also helps to ask your students about their preferences so that you can meet their needs and their wishes or desires. Yeah. Amazing. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. And I'm sending you lots of love. Speak soon and take care of yourself. Goodbye, everyone. You listen to Your Yoga in English brought to you by Enga Unite, a unique online learning platform for non-native English speaking yogis. If you liked what you learned today, I would love for you to leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe. And follow us at Enga Unite. Join the community and become a member of the Teach Yoga in English support group. Check out our continuing education membership that offers you the chance to develop your skills and expertise through self-paced learning and live classes and training. If you want help understanding what you need to improve and create an action plan to achieve the goals that you have for your career as an international yoga teacher, book a free discovery call with me, Annie. You can find all the links in the show notes. This is your time to invest time in your personal and professional development.